0: listening to Detroit Today on 1019 WDET. I'm Stephen Henderson. And as always, thanks for tuning in. We're talking this hour about education. Two big education stories going on right now in the state of Michigan. We just heard from Michigan Attorney General Dana Nessel about her decision to take the side of Detroit students in a federal lawsuit that alleges that the deplorable conditions and low literacy levels in the city are violations of Detroit kids' constitutional rights. Now we want to turn to another story on the other side of the state uh, in Benton Harbor. As students and their families in Detroit fight for this basic right to education, uh, Benton Harbor is fighting to keep its high school open. Uh, The school district is more than $18 million in debt, according to the Whitmer administration. And the governor says if the district doesn't come up with a better plan, it's going to have to close the school down for the 2020 school year, just to keep up with its bills. That means many students in the majority black district would have to finish their education in nearby majority white districts. And many members of the Benton Harbor community say that is an unacceptable solution that their kids would face discrimination and poor treatment in those districts. That's where we want to continue the conversation here on Detroit Today. And joining us to talk more about what's going on in Benton Harbor is Jennifer Chambers. She covers K-12 education for the Detroit News. Jennifer, welcome to Detroit Today.
1: Thanks, Stephen. Good morning.
0: Also with us is Elizabeth McCree. She's an attorney and an education advocate from Benton Harbor who has been speaking out publicly against these plans to close the city's high school. Elizabeth, welcome to Detroit Today.
2: Good morning. Thank you for having me. Yeah.
0: Uh, so, Jennifer, let's start with how we got here. Uh, and what's interesting to me about this story is that Benton Harbor... Is a, store, is a city that has had its own uh, financial troubles. The, the, the city government there has been in and out of financial trouble for a really long time. I can remember writing about uh, the need to intervene in municipal government in uh, Benton Harbor a, a decade ago. Uh, the state had done it already, and the, the city was still in trouble. I, we haven't heard as much about the schools, but this is also not a new issue.
1: Uh, that's right. In 2014, the, uh, the state declared a financial emergency in the school district due to its staggering debt at the time. And uh, I know that the school district entered into a uh, partnership agreement to try and address academics. And it also um, ended up entering into a consent agreement, which is different than what other emergency managers have done in Detroit. So they they sent in someone who was a CEO to lead the district to try and address financial problems and turn around the academic performance of students there, which was which was pretty tough. Um, the statistics and state testing results tell us that in 2018 only three percent of kids were reading at grade level and zero 11th graders were deemed college ready based on uh, test scores in the district in in the last five years from now. So um, that person has been in in that district for a year um, working on a plan to turn around Benton Harbor. He had a three-year strategic plan and was ready to launch it when the governor announced that she wanted to close the high school to address the financial and educational problems there.
0: Yeah. So so what do school leaders say about why they're in this position? Uh, do they believe that, uh, that they're failing in the way that the governor says that they're failing?
1: School leaders don't believe that their children are failing or that they are failing. They say they're dealing with a hard set of realities that include – Declining enrollment, and if you have a basic understanding of education, which you do, um, listeners understand that when kids leave school districts, dollars walk out. And according to the Benton Harbor School District, in uh, the 2016-17 school year, $22 million of money went to other districts around Benton Harbor from children who live in Benton Harbor and cross the city lines to go to the surrounding districts, which are some of the districts which are being asked now to take these kids. So that ravages their budget. Um, And their expenses stay the same. They still have to maintain buildings. They have to pay teachers. They have to provide all the uh, resources that kids are entitled to have. And at the same time, they're hemorrhaging money and hemorrhaging students. Um, At the same time, there have been some uh, accusations that some school leaders bought and invested in some buildings, put students in them, and then closed them. Um, so there's been some allegations that just locally there have been some mismanaged funds. Um, but the biggest issue is this declining enrollment, and we've seen this in Detroit. We see this around the state where the birth rate is declining in Michigan, and kids have options to go to charter schools. So, uh, you know, it's, it's fighting this constant battle.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Um, Elizabeth McCree, I want to get you involved in the conversation here. What was your reaction when you heard that the high school in Benton Harbor might close down next year?
2: It's a vitriolic reaction, quite honestly, and then you have to come back in and say, okay, you have some understanding of the history of this, so that you need to speak on it um, at a level for people to understand the history. But my mother was a teacher at Benton Harbor High School for 37 years, um, up until 2005 when she retired, and so I spent my life in that building. I actually never attended Benton Harbor Area Schools. Uh, My mom made that decision based on a lot of other factors, Mm. so I, I look at this from a number of different perspectives, but I spent a lot of time in that school. They had great teachers. They had a great atmosphere, and for many students who came from very difficult backgrounds, my mother and her colleagues were second parents, and the school was a second home for them. And it created an atmosphere for them to be able to learn and to achieve in a way that I don't believe would be available for them if they were to go to these other school districts. So I do see what's going on right now as an emergency situation, um, because closing that high school is going to have a huge impact on the, as I've said many times around the state and to different people, the souls of these children, which is just as important
0: as the test scores. Yeah. So give us a sense of what you're worried about if this high school closes and children from that high school are sent to other districts. As I said in the open, uh, Benton Harbor is a majority black district, but it's surrounded, of course, uh, like many other majority black districts in the state, by uh, by districts that are majority white. Uh, That's driving a lot of the concerns here. Uh, Tell us why.
2: There's a lot of racism in this area that hasn't been addressed for many years. I graduated from high school in 2001. I went to Lake Michigan Catholic High School, which is in St. Joseph, the city next to Benton Harbor. Mm -hmm. Um, The KKK marched at the courthouse my junior year of high school, so I had to miss school that day because they told me they couldn't ensure my safety. Um, I was called uh, racial slurs, playing sports and different things, traveling around the county for many years. Um, Now as an attorney, I work across the three-county area, and I still face a lot of that racism today, Um, I grew up with a very strong family background to be able to deal with some of those things, two parents from the South and with the segregated schools. Um, You know, so I had a background to be able to understand how to deal with it in a professional manner. But I think a lot of our students uh, don't have that experience. They don't have the ability to have transportation so that they can participate in extracurricular activities, so that they can stay after school for tutoring, so that they can be a part of chess club or, you know, debate team. And there's many activities at Benton Harbor High School um, that help to shape young black people that would not be at those other schools Mm. and help to create connections that could go on for a lifetime. Um, I was a part of Ivy Teams, which is under the Alpha Kappa Alpha sorority um, and there's many other programs like that that wouldn't exist in other places. Uh, so there's a lot of things that are provided by the Benton Harbor Area School District and also give the students an ability to get to the school to participate that wouldn't be available in other districts. Yeah, uh,
0: we, we have a statement that we got from the governor's office. I want to read at least uh, a, a part of it uh, and get you to react to it, Elizabeth Bickrey. Uh The governor says she remains committed to hearing from school board members other uh, members of the community, and is open to any viable plan that will help students get on a path to success and resolve the district's more than $18 million debt. But she also says the plan that the state put on the table is the only solution they found that puts students first and tackles the financial problems that Benton Harbor has. When you hear that, uh, what? how do you react to it, Elizabeth?
2: I disagree, and I I told the governor this when she came last week, that this is the only viable plan. Um, I talked to her about some of the history. Uh, Benton Harbor was under a federal desegregation plan under the, the Berry versus Board of Benton Harbor case from 1967 until 2002, the year after I graduated from high school. And then the state came in to begin oversight in 2010. So the actual local school district had less than eight years, which is not a full round for a child to be able to go from first grade to 12th grade to be able to show that they could handle what needed to be handled on their own. Um, So they really haven't been honestly given a full chance. And during that time, as you stated previously, the city was under emergency management as well, a law that both Governor Whitmer and uh, Attorney General Nessel both disagree with, as I heard her speak about earlier. So there's a lot of other options that can be taken into place. Obviously, school of choice takes out millions and millions of dollars from our district. Um, I've made the bold action that I think that the governor has the ability to make executive action um, to be able to stop or make a moratorium on school of choice in our area to be able to show that additional money would come into the district if that did not exist. Um, I was a Teach for America Corps volunteer. You know That's an option that's never been looked at in the city of Benton Harbor to be able to bring in certified teachers into the area. Um, And the city of Benton Harbor is not the only area where the school district lays. It's also SOTUS Township, parts of St. Joseph Township, and Benton Township, all which are, um, except for SOTUS, are bigger than the city of Benton Harbor. So we've heard a lot of um, outcry from our mayor and the city of Benton Harbor, but we haven't heard much from, from the other districts. We also have an education foundation that was recently started, uh, because there's people from Benton Harbor all over the country who have done well and are able to help to donate, to get rid of the debt. I think it's about the debt as well as about the academics, but those statistics that the governor has are not true. Um, There's a whole group of students who are the class of uh, 2014 who just graduated from Michigan, Michigan State with honors. So to say that they were not college ready, that zero percent of them are college ready is just not accurate.
0: Hmm. Uh, uh, What's the reason you think, then, that uh, the governor is taking this tack? I mean, as you point out, this is not somebody who supports the idea of the emergency manager law. Uh, This is someone who is trying really hard in the current budget negotiations to get more money. For schools uh, in districts like Benton Harbor and Detroit, um, wh- what reason do you uh, do you believe uh, has got has pushed her to this to this solution uh, that seems so unpopular uh, with people in Benton Harbor?
2: I think that she hasn't been fully informed. And obviously, as the attorney general stated, uh, they've inherited (laughs) years of mismanagement and other issues that have gone on. Um, I also think on our side of the state that there's not as much attention focused. And we're very different than the metro areas. Uh, So when you look at Inkster, when you look at the Detroit schools, Mm -hmm. even Kalamazoo and Grand Rapids schools on our side of the state that are in bigger metropolitan areas where schools that are in mostly black areas have closed. Benton Harbor is a different place. Um, Muskegon Heights is a place where I look to see some of the similar results. Muskegon Heights dissolved their district and became a charter, and they remain on the closure list. Mm -hmm. And um, that's because there was not a, a lot of involvement from the New York company that originally chartered them, but there's also a lot of social factors that are not being addressed. And you have to address the social factors such as transportation, um, such as the racial divides that have never really been healed and things of that nature um, before you can have a full plan that looks at the schools, You mm-hmm. can't look at education as a silo because there's so many other things, property taxes and things of that nature around it. We've had so many houses demolished that our property tax base is extremely low. Sure. So maybe we need to look at something like sales tax because a lot of people spend money in the city of Benton Harbor, um, to be able to help bring in money additional for our schools.
0: Hmm. Uh, This is Detroit Today on 101.9 WDET. I'm Stephen Henderson. My guests are Jennifer Chambers, who covers K-12 education for the Detroit News, and Elizabeth McCree, who is an attorney and an education advocate from Benton Harbor, who has been speaking out publicly against plans to close that city's high school. We're talking this hour about education Uh, In two different contexts here in the state of Michigan, we talked earlier about the lawsuit uh, on behalf of Detroit kids challenging uh, the outcomes uh, in literacy and some other areas that say those are violations of kids' constitutional rights here in Detroit. Now we're talking about what's going on in Benton Harbor, where an $18 million debt that uh, the district has is driving the governor's decision to close the city's only high school and send the kids who go to that school to surrounding districts. If you want to join the conversation, give us a call and tell us what you would do if your local school was shutting down for financial reasons. If you've been in that situation, tell us about it and tell us what it meant for you and you, for your family and for your community. Uh, Inkster in here here in Metro Detroit is one community that had this happen. Uh, we would love to hear from people uh, from Inkster about what that looks like, what education looks like in that city now after the state's decision. Uh, also tell us, uh, do you expect the government to provide a public school that is in your community and reflects your community? Is that one of the rights that you have? As always, the number on the phones is 313 1019 That's 313 1019 You can also go to the WDET Facebook page and put comments there, or you can go to Twitter and hashtag Detroit Today, and uh, we will get uh, you into the conversation that way. Uh, Jennifer, uh, before we get to the phones, uh, I want to ask you about whether there is a real chance to keep this high school open next year. I mean, uh, the the governor has said uh, you either come up with a better solution or this is going to be the solution. Are are there other options that people are ready to put on the table here?
1: Well, the Benton Harbor School Board, uh, Joseph Taylor, told me last night that they do have an alternative plan and they're giving it to the governor this morning at 10 a.m. Uh, three school board members are meeting with Whitmer staff, uh, state superintendent, and members of treasury to offer a plan. And when I asked for a copy of the plan last night, he declined. He said he didn't want to, you know, take any chances with their discussions today. But when I was in Benton Harbor last week covering this issue at a rally at the high school, the Benton Harbor school board did give us a sheet on what they called their own plan, and it includes a balanced budget for the 1920 school year. It includes their strategic plan that I believe that their um, CEO had worked on, and it includes curriculum improvements. And I'm looking at the document here, and it says that the board thinks that every student in Benton Harbor deserves an edu- individualized education development plan. And those are plans under which um, – school officials, parents, and perhaps based on a doctor's diagnosis of any kind of learning disability, set out requirements that need to be met during the school day for a child, such Mm -hmm. as sitting near the front of a room, having an aide with them, insisting them uh, throughout their day so they can get the most out of their education. And for every child in the district to have an IEP would be um, be very uh, um, unusual. Uh, There are no districts that have that. Um, Usually it's just on an individual cases, but I I think the school board recognizes that kids in Benton Harbor need more um, urban districts with challenges like this where the academic performance on paper doesn't look good. Um, they need different solutions, um, and I think that Benton Harbor is an example of a school district in Michigan that would benefit from this weighted funding formula idea that we've been batting around in Michigan where you give more money to districts where you need more wraparound services. Sure. So that's what the board has um, put out as a possible plan.
0: Is that is that a plan that uh, takes into account this debt that is hanging over the district and a way to, to, to get rid of it? That seems to be one of the governor's biggest concerns.
1: The plan I'm looking at doesn't address $18 million in debt, other than to say that next year they could operate on a balanced budget. But no, um, that is short-term debt, long-term debt, and according to the state treasurer, it's going to be $20 million by the year 2022, because they've been borrowing for so long, Mm. and all this is now coming to pass that they need to start making payments on this. And the state treasurer says they have no more ability to borrow from treasury under state law. They've maxed out that that ability. And that's why I believe that the governor is saying that they have to take this action. Um, but you asked about the timing earlier. Mm-hmm. And I think one thing that's interesting is that the elimination of the state um, the SRO office in Michigan mm-hmm. um, is June 30th. And the Benton Harbor School Board goes back into power July 1st. And I think that that might be and is likely one of the reasons that the governor is moving forward with this plan this month. The clock is ticking on that, and the the SRO has the ability to close schools and to um, move forward in a forceful way like this, and after that, uh, after Ju- July 1, it's gone. The and state M- won't
0: have that kind of leverage.
1: And MDE doesn't have that kind of leverage to close schools. I believe it would be with Treasury
0: yeah. only. Okay, we're going to take a quick break, and when we come back, we're going to continue our conversation here about Benton Harbor Schools. Uh, We want to hear from you as well, 313-577-1019. Deborah in Detroit, Ken in Ferndale. We'll get to you as well. Stay with us on Detroit Today. Listening to Detroit today on 1019 WDET. I'm Stephen Henderson, and as always, thanks very much for tuning in. My guests are Jennifer Chambers, who covers K 12 education for the Detroit News, and Elizabeth McCree, who is an attorney and education advocate from Benton Harbor, who's been speaking out against plans to close that city's high school. We're talking about the governor's plans to closed the city's high school as a way to deal with $18 million in debt that has been racked up over a long period of time. Uh, we want to hear from you. Uh, what would you do if this was so going something what was going to happen in your local school, if the governor suggested that you close down a school or close down an entire district, something that happened uh, in Inkster nearby here in Detroit? Uh, would that be a solution you could embrace, or would you think that was doing damage the community that you live in. If you live in a community that's experienced this, we especially want to hear from you about how that went. Uh, as always, the number on the phones is 313-577-1019. That's 313-577-1019. You can also go to the WDET Facebook page and put comments there, or go to Twitter and hashtag Detroit Today, uh, and we will work you into the conversation, uh, David on Facebook also wonders about uh, kids who are in this situation. He says we uh, would love to hear about Inkster and Buena Vista, another district that closed, and how they performed since those districts have been dissolved. Uh, let's go to the phones quickly, though. Uh, Ken in Ferndale, Ken, what's on your mind?
2: Hi, hi, I, and and uh, thank
0: you, Jennifer and Elizabeth. Uh, I, I would I would counsel that the the that the governor needs to look. Really carefully at how districts are set up and operated. The high school is the anchor of the district's financial situation. It is the thing that provides the critical mass that allows the district to run transportation systems and food service and special ed services. And if you remove the high school from the system, yes, it is cheaper to educate K through 8 students. But a lot of that has to do with the fact that they don't have to independently run all of those other operations. Hmm. It, it, it is pretty much a death sentence to a, to a district to take its high school away because that is the anchor of all of its operations. That's a really interesting point, Ken. I'm glad you called uh, to make that. Jennifer, is that, is that uh, one of the concerns here that if you close the school, the close the high school, that uh, the other schools in the district won't be far behind?
1: I think so. I think that um, parents, um, if they know their high school is going to close, I'm sure parents are going to start wondering whether they should even continue to send their kids to K-8, knowing that they're going to be transferred to another district. Most parents would probably like their kids to get a head start and and be stable and stay in a district versus moving around. And I know that some folks from Albion came to the meeting last week at the high school Saying, don't give up your high school. Um, that it, happened in
0: that which uh, happened community. Which happened in that as well.
1: community as well, right? Because they said they were tricked into doing it. I do believe the school board, though, voted and agreed to it. But uh, I think that um, part of the schools were annexed by Marshall. Um, there's no high school anymore, and, and it is a community center. Um, high schools are where prom is held, homecoming football games, mm-hmm. charity fundraisers, and I know that without a high school in your town, it would, it would be devastating. Yeah, uh,
0: Elizabeth McCree, I wonder if you can talk about the, the blow to the community that you think this might be if you had to close the high school but retain the other schools that exist in the district.
2: Yeah, you know, um, it is cheaper to educate the K-8, through which is why, you know, the only charter schools in our county are all in Benton Harbor. Mm-hmm. And all of them, except for Countryside Charter um, School, which came in during the DSEG case, uh, don't go up to the high school level. Countryside is the only one that does. So I think a lot of, uh, you know, parents will make the decision to look at other districts, if not the other school districts in other cities, looking at those charter districts. Uh, since they know that there's not a high school to go to. I mean, colloquially also, you know, we just had a state championship basketball team last year. um, We went pretty far this year, and we had the story with our football team from several years ago that had a you know, kind of a Cinderella season. Um, And, you know, these young people have been playing sports together, uh, going to the Boys and Girls Club together. Um, You know, they've been friends in school together for all of these years. And I think when you look at the current freshmen and sophomores who are, you know, greatly impacted because they're attending the high school and being told they might not continue that the idea about those relationships being severed for them, again, goes back to my comment about, you know, what happens to their souls. We have so many people who leave, you know, our census is probably going to show that the city of Benton Harbor is going to be under 10,000 people Mm. for the first time since, I believe, the 1930s. You know, when I came back home, a lot of people said, "Don't go back. There's, there's nothing for you there. There's nothing, nothing left there. They don't want us there." Um, So, just this this idea of being in a school every day or being in a community every day where you feel like nobody wants you, um, and closing down the high school is just another piece to the psychological impact that it's going to have on the entire community, but particularly the young people.
0: Yeah,
1: yeah. Stephen, can I add a a point as well? So, if you think about. What's going to happen if these 600 students um, go to districts as far away as 30 miles? You know, what happens to, to parents and their ability to be involved in their child's education? Are they going to be able to drive 30 miles for parent-teacher conferences? Are mm-hmm. they going to be able to drive 30 miles to attend athletic events, pick up a sick child? How will parents be able to stay involved in their child's education when they're being schooled so far away? And, you know, how it, what kind of... Uh, What kind of stress is that going to be on these kids Mm -hmm. doing all this traveling back and forth, literally being outsiders coming in and out every day? um, It really is something that I wonder if people have thought that through. And I feel like it puts an extra burden on parents um, and and who want to be involved in their kids' education. A lot of people care about their kids' education in Benton Harbor. They turned out for these meetings. They met with the governor and the church last week and stood up and said, nobody wants the high school closed. Please come up with another idea. Yeah.
2: And if I may, very briefly, one of the parents that spoke out at that meeting with the governor talked about the fact that their child, due to issues of uniform at a charter school, was... this gave a long term, essentially had a long term suspension and so went back to Benton Harbor schools. But since it was after the point where the money is doled out to the different districts, Benton Harbor educated that child for free. Wow. Um, I do a lot of education representation for IEPs and for students who have disciplinary actions and the amount of suspensions that take place for school of choice students. Um, and for students at the charter schools is very high. And so oftentimes those students are then sent back to the Benton Harbor School District where the district is then educating them without receiving the money that goes along with the per-pupil designation. Yeah.
0: Okay, Jennifer Chambers, K-12 education reporter for the Detroit News. Thanks very much for being here. Thanks, Steven. This was great. I appreciate it. Yeah. And Elizabeth McCree, attorney and education advocate in Benton Harbor, thank you for being here.
2: Thank you very much.
0: That's going to do it for me today. I'll be back tomorrow when we're going to talk with former EPA officials about what is happening now to that agency under the Trump administration and how environmental protections are changing here in America. This is 1019 WDET, Detroit's NPR station, your connection to news, music and conversation. We'll talk again tomorrow.